0: Hey, all right. Welcome, everyone. The newest episode of Heal Thyself. I appreciate you all. This is a very, very special episode. A little bit different format. We want to switch it up on you, right? You're getting too comfortable, too flat-footed. Boom, we switch it up on you. Uh, we do have the Knowledge Bomb segment coming up. It's going to be on B12. B12 is one of the most popular vitamins that we really need to talk about. So many people are deficient, including a lot of these uh, plant-based folks like me. Uh, so we will talk about what it is, where it's found, what it looks like when you ain't getting enough and uh, how to supplement it. Also, we have a very special guest segment because we're gonna switch it up. I'm gonna be the one interviewed by two NFL couples, right? So we have professional football players coming in and talking about the importance of nutrition and lifestyle. uh, And they have a lot of questions that are really gonna align with both of us. You don't gotta be an NFL player to listen to this. It's for everyone. All right, without further ado, let's get to this B12 up. All right. B12, B12, B12 This is one of the most popular vitamins out there, right? It's a water soluble vitamin, meaning that you ever take B12 and then you pee and it's like fluorescent yellow. Um, yeah. it's So that you, you, you urinate it out. Um, and I really felt called to talk about this because so many folks have been asking about B12 um, and I know you all heard about it. And um, I don't really like dedicating a show just on one micronutrient, But this is a really, really important one for us, right? Because the deficiencies can cause long-term damage. So the recommended daily intake is 2.4 micrograms per day. Um, Again, this is one of the most important vitamins across the board because it's active in so many cellular reactions in our body from head to toe. Um, So it's really important when it comes to our blood health, right, red blood cell health, super, super important. Nervous system health, how's your brain working? How are your nerves working, right? Even our genetic health, our genes are so dependent on this little old vitamin all right so it's expansive because like i said it touches on many systems in the body now for the most part it's fo- it's found in animal foods right so uh probably the most important and well-known vitamin for us vegans is b12 because we don't eat animals right um, but it's not necessarily even made by animals nor is it made by plants as we know uh, it's actually made by bacteria bacteria in the soil or bacteria in the gut of those animals are the ones that are producing the B12, right? So it's it's all over the world these bacteria that really are giving us the B12. The thing is, sanitization techniques, right, which you know cleanse our food, of course, gets rid of all the pathogenic bacteria that can make us really sick, like cholera. Um, but also gets rid of that bacteria that makes us B12. That makes B12, that's why we can't be having it from plants or we don't get it from plants. So it's almost exclusively in animals, although you could find it in fortified foods like nutritional yeast, cereals, and some plant-based milks. So really important for everyone listening to understand, what is the deficiency of B12 feel like? What does it sound like, okay? So it needs to be addressed pretty quick because as you progress along the line or the spectrum of deficiency in B12, it can cause long-term damage, right? So when me, I became a vegan in 2009, uh, it took two years of me not even supplementing B12 because I didn't really do it right in the beginning that I started feeling the symptoms of a B12 deficiency. So I, so the nice thing is you can correct it pretty fast. So earlier I mentioned blood health, really important. You can develop this type of anemia called macrocytic anemia. Now, all anemias are not due to iron, right? Macrocytic anemia is when your red blood cells are puffed up, right, larger than normal. And for me, this is what I had, macrocytic anemia. And you need B12 to make red blood cells and you need red blood cells to give proper oxygenation to your tissues, right? So naturally what we see is these symptoms starting to progress when they're poorly oxygenated, right? These tissues are poorly oxygenated. What are the symptoms? Well, major fatigue. That's what I had. I had some muscle weakness, major fatigue, shortness of breath, weak nails, ain't getting enough oxygen in the nails, Poor focus and concentration. Of course, your brain's not getting enough oxygen. Pale skin and lips. Again, not not enough blood, not enough oxygen. Tongue won't be necessarily pale. It actually has a characteristic beefy red uh, color to it uh, and texture, vision changes, mood changes, numbness and tingling of the hands and feet. Remember I talked about the nervous system, right? Really important. If you're having these, this neuropathy type symptoms, right? Numbness, tingling, hands, feet, pay really close attention because you might be just deficient in B12. And then one of the major ones is fast heartbeat, right? Uh, the body compensates with the heart beating really fast to send out more blood to the body. So who are the folks at risk? Strict vegans for sure. Uh, those who have disrupted absorption in the stomach, right? Because B12 is absorbed in the stomach. So if you have really poor stomach acid being created in your stomach, that's a problem, right? Um, but also, it could be because of autoimmune disease to those cells that create that stomach acid, or even folks who had stomach surgery, right? Elderly, how about that? They t- they tend to have lower production of stomach acid. Um, folks who are on antacids who, that are reducing the stomach acid, right? The amount of stomach acid. PPIs, right? Proton pump inhibitors. Did a show on that. Talked about how it affects stomach acid medications medications are notorious for depleting b12 over time alcoholism you're peeing out your b12 with the alcohol so you can get b12 tested in a lab it's a very easy test they just test your red blood cell b12 levels and it'll come back and for the most part if it's right in the middle you should feel good but i'm going to go into something about the testing that you may not know Um, but before i do that i want to talk about supplementation right if you're plant-based You've gotta supplement B12, okay? So all you need is about 2,000 micrograms per week, but you wanna split it into smaller doses, right? So you could do it every day or every other day, small amounts, because one big bolus is not going to be as readily or better better absorbed than you would small amounts, right? You get about 50% of the B12 absorption. What are the different forms of B12? Now, this is important for us to know, right? You go to uh, the market, uh, or the, or the drugstore and you want to buy some B12, well, there's going to be different forms and you don't want to be confused. Well, two of the major ones are cyanocobalamin and methylcobalamin, right? Cyanocobalamin is a better researched form. It's the synthetic form, all right? So I mentioned before that when you can test your B12 levels, you'll see where you stand, right? It can be really low. It can be right in the middle. It can be really high. But the thing about it is it's possible that your B12 is right in the right perfect level. It says on paper you're healthy and you're good, but you still have those symptoms of low B12, as I just mentioned before. Well, what you may be suffering with is a genetic mutation called MTHFR. Now, this MTHFR mutation can actually affect your B12 levels, right? Such that you see them on a test and say, okay, well, they look all right, but you're still having the whole slew of symptoms. So... If you have your B12 tested, it looks good, you don't feel great, it might behoove you to then check your MTHFR status. It's a very easy test and you can check to see where you stand. Well, what the heck is MTHFR, right? Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's an enzyme, it's a gene, it's a gene that codes for an enzyme that basically is responsible for the creation of methylated folate, right? And this activates the B vitamin, right, folate, to its active form. For our genetic health overall, we need folate to be active and working and at a high level, right? Also, it relies on B12 to create this folate, right? Activated folate. Now, genetic mutation, the MTHFR mutation, will hinder this enzyme from working. So now you're not creating enough folate in the body, which is another B vitamin, and now you're compromising your DNA, and then your cycle's messed up, right? Because if you're not if you're not breaking down folate properly, what's happening is you're building up something called homocysteine, right? So here's what you do: you can get your B12 levels checked, but you can also check homocysteine. Right. So if your B12 levels are low and your homocysteine is high, that's going to lead us practitioners to be like, oh, no, they may have a genetic mutation, NTHFR, which is more expansive and there's more implications down the line. But if your homocysteine is high, it's ain't good. It's no good. Right. Because this can build up and, uh, and cause a lot of issues in the heart, in the brain and all over the body. Right? So conversely, folks with MTHFR gene mutations tend to have normal B12, as I mentioned, but they can, they can still have the symptoms. So uh, it's really important that if your doc says your B12 is perfect, but you got the symptoms, and even your homocysteine is high, you gotta get MTHFR tested. And that mutation in itself, affects how the body utilizes B12, right? So folks with this genetic mutation, they won't benefit from cyanocobalamin because then what you're giving the body is a synthetic form of uh, B12 that's not being broken down in the body correctly. What you want is methyl or adenosyl cobalamin because now you're getting a more absorbable form. So even if you have the MTHFR mutation, your body is still getting an easily, readily absorbable form of B12, okay? So that's how you do it. And also if, if you do have the um, genetic mutation, ask your doctor that he he or she may give you methylated folate also, because you're not creating, because of genetic mutation, enough activated folate, all right? To summarize, really important to check that genetic mutation, check your homocysteine, check your B12, talk to your doctor and they'll really help you out, so long as they understand the importance of what this gene does. Okay, very easy, B12, now we know. Um, even if you're not vegan, you should get your B12 levels checked right? Because there can be other reasons why it's low. Uh, Get your B12 levels checked, super important vitamin. As you see, it's implicated in every system and that's B12. So Without further ado, why don't we just jump into these uh, conversations? I've been really looking forward to get these professional athletes on here. Listen to what them, listen to what their uh, significant others have to say about nutrition. I think you'll really enjoy it. So joining us today will be two NFL pros and their significant others. First, we have Mike Burton from the New Orleans Saints and his partner, Kirsten. And from the Los Angeles Rams, Sebastian Joseph Day and his partner, Rachel. Both of them are going to put together some nutrition and lifestyle questions, regardless if you're an athlete or not, you're going to want to listen because it's going to be really important stuff, how we can bring in healthier nutrition, healthier lifestyle into home. So check it out. Hey, Mike and Kirsten, how are you? I'm good.
1: How are you? Hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Rutgers alumni.
1: Yes. Yep. You guys
0: in uh, New Orleans right now?
1: No, so we live in Maryland right now, but I'm actually at my parents' house up in New Jersey. So that's where we're up for the uh, weekend okay. right now. Yep, yeah.
0: Okay, cool, what part of what part of Jersey? Morris
1: County in Long oh, Valley. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so about an hour or so outside of New York City.
0: You know, I was just talking about Long Valley yesterday. I've never heard of the place, and then somebody told me about Long Valley, and there's a giant farm there that does like, um, there's an intermittent fasting company that's farm is in Long Valley, and it's a beautiful farm. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's I'll like see. really, really, it's called Pro, Prolon, P R O L O N. Prolon. Yeah, yeah I, that one of the headquarters of is, yeah. I'd never heard of Long Valley until yesterday and now, of yeah. course, like the universe, yeah, it's yeah, so exactly. synchronous. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I'd love to talk um, nutrition with you both. Or yeah, like just, I, you know, I went through some of the questions yesterday and I think they're really great questions. Things that like, not only you two but like the audience in general can benefit mm-hmm.
1: from. Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for having us on Um, nutrition is something that is really interesting to me. I know how important it is not only from a performance standpoint for longevity and general health and just being able to communicate with you is going to be really great. So I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. Okay. So why don't we just get started? So I guess, we can just go through some of the questions, but like in a format of just chatting, like we don't have to go like boom, boom, boom. I think it'd just be really good to have an organic conversation between Mm -hmm. both of us. Absolutely. So you both are um, sort of just interested in optimizing your nutrition, optimizing your health. We all should be, right? Um, I know Mike, you're in in sports and football and it's really important for you to be optimizing yourself at the highest level, but both of you, it's super important. Just do, do you have kids?
1: Do, Do not have, have kids? kids, no,
0: not yet, but
1: okay, you know, this is the time then. exactly right. Yeah. Plan on that, so just want to make sure we're both healthy going into that situation to um, you know put ourselves in the best position to have a healthy baby for sure
0: awesome and and now is like literally one two years before is the time to like really optimize your health, optimize your nutrition because it's interesting when when you look at research with uh, children coming into this world mm-hmm their body responds based on the mom's state of health, right? So if she's constantly releasing stress, not only from mental stress, but just physical too, that can be a problem because it's telling the baby that the world is kind of, you know, stressful, whether it doesn't have enough food or just mentally stressful. So their genes uh, basically align with that, which is pretty incredible. So now is like the time to eat like good, nutritious, anti-inflammatory food, to bring in a, to bring in a vital baby. Yeah. And if it's a boy, maybe he'll be on the saints too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For sure. All right. So some of your questions, let, let's go through them and just, you know, any, anything in between, just let me know and let, let's jump in. So this is one question I have, and it's something that I've just
1: kind of always thought about. Um, and I'm just curious as general health versus performance, right? Are those, can they coexist or, or is it one or the other? You know, it's like, it, depending on who you ask, right? Like in terms of eating meat, right? A lot of red meat and um, mm-hmm. you know animal product and stuff like that. Like that might be beneficial for gaining weight and, and growing muscle in sports and things like that. But it might not be for general health. But is there a, a balance? You know, for someone like myself who's in the sports world and, and needs to keep my strength and keep my muscle and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, without overdoing it and affecting my general health while also trying to increase my performance? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that was that was uh, one of my favorite questions of all because it leaks into everyone, not just athletes, right? But they're not they're not mutually exclusive, right? Uh, health optimization, whether or not you're you know lifting weights and running around all day, or just you know jogging up the road and that's part of your routine, or just you know hitting the gym every now and then, it's still optimization of what you are eating, right? So you you had mentioned like the the big difference is caloric intake right, you got, you, you're burning a ton of calories, so you need more of those nutritionally dense foods, right, right? High, high in macronutrients, and, but, but, every, but as a basis, what I say is, understanding the importance of uh, a variety of plants, right? Fruits and vegetables, and the, the key is the color, right? If you can't just eat greens all day and, and go, I've eaten vegetables all day, but eating greens, red, orange, blue, violets, all of those yellows, those are gonna be what is going to help optimize peak performance. And when we talk about peak performance, we're talking about also recovery. This is a part that people don't pay close attention to, right, I, I mean, maybe in your world, but out, out here, the, we go to the gym, we go, I'm gonna eat, work out for the gym, but we don't think about, you know, the 24 hours after or 48 hours after. So what is really helping us with that recovery is the abundance of fruits and vegetables because those phytonutrients are sort of signaling the body to reduce inflammation. So I think the big difference is making sure that if you are athletic and performing, it's caloric intake. So just eating more of those healthy foods, right? Um, it's person to person too. I'm not here to say, you know, get off of this completely, and and now you're going to be healthy. It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of bio individuality for folks, right? And I believe that that comes from. Uh, you know, geographic uh, ancestry. Sure. Right. So, me equatorial. I can handle carbs way better than a Scandinavian can. You see what I mean? But understand. But you gotta understand what works for your body, right? What if you're recovering the fastest? If you're eat if you're eating this and you're doing well, I think that's they're not mutually exclusive. They're actually hand in hand optimization rather than just general health optimization and performance. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess with that, are you for animal protein or against it? I am open for people who do well with it. I'm not, I, I don't want to be dogmatic. You know, I personally don't eat animal protein okay. um, at all. I am a believer that you can get everything you want from plants, right? Um, except B12 and that's, that's a whole nother story. And actually this show uh, before this interview is on B12. So we'll talk about that more, but um, animal protein is abundant and bioavailable nutrients it's it's in it's an easy source of nutrients. You got to do a little bit more work if you're eating plant-based, fully plant-based, for sure. And it has to be more intentional, it has to be well thought out, especially if you're an athlete, right? We had um we had Bastion eating some vegan food, you know, and he was maintaining his weight, but he needs to eat a lot more than the a average lot more. person. Yeah, exactly. The guy's three hundred right. pounds, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or two ninety five. I can't say three hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So two- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just think I, I really think it's important to understand if you have a basis of variety of fruits and vegetables, that is your that your plate is eighty percent that, right? And then everything else is accommodating that, whether it's no animal protein or If your body works very well, it's bioavailable for you, and it's easy for you, and you you recover well. Okay, but there's some folks like me. I don't do well with animal protein at all. Like my joints hurt, my muscles hurt, even if it's high high quality. So I listen to my body more than I do trends. Right. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So I guess with that, it's so individual based, right? So for you, just that animal product might work for you, but it might may work for me. So would you recommend like getting a blood test? To receive, you know, that the the answers back to like what certain foods might be good for me specifically, or can you kind of give me some general anti-inflammatory foods to stay away from in terms of recovery?
0: Um, yeah, that's a good you- good question. Yes, there are tests out there where you can actually look at your micronutrients. Right, you can see not only if you're getting the adequate amount of micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals, but also how your body's absorbing them. Also, how your body's absorbing fats. Proteins, carbohydrates, which is so important, right? Especially when it comes to performance for all of us. I mean, this is a test that I do for everyone every year, but especially if you're in any ath- athletics, it's really important to see how your body is absorbing and digesting these nutrients. Um, it it also really important is to see if your body is accommodating that animal protein well. There's some folks where it it they tend to be more sensitive to the inflammatory properties of. The animal protein right especially and i I know that um, one of your questions was going to be on um conventional animal protein versus grass-fed it's a very different fatty acid profile the conventional really high in omega-6 partially or mostly due to the feed that they're given right they're given really crappy grains right so a lot of soy that's translating into the tissue the tissue that people are eating that's translating into higher inflammatory properties so quality for anyone who, who chooses to eat animal protein, period, is the highest. If I, if I ate animal protein, it would only be the highest quality because that translates to more, uh, less inflammation than it would if you eat conventional. Okay, awesome. Um,
2: is that quality meaning like organic and buying like straight from a farm or like how exactly. are you defining quality? Yeah,
1: okay. Quality, so like yeah, even organic, country. like USDA organic from a typical grocery store. I mean, that's still not as great as quality as going to a, f- a farm maybe having them butcher it right for you there and then you taking it home with you because it skips that process of going to the grocery store and getting packaged and adding preservatives to keep it you know um Mm -hmm. going you know um bad and stuff so you would rec i asked that about the market versus straight from a farm and i'm sure you would recommend produce as well like find a nearby local farm that is an organic farm and probably purchase all of your produce and animal product from that farm
0: yeah so what i tell my clients um for it, it again produce or animal protein is is important to have a relationship with a local farmer uh i mean just think about eating kale that's been at whole foods for two weeks or a week versus like i know you've all eaten from a garden most people have and it's next level and you're like wow this is the best salad i've ever eaten it tastes so vital because it's so um so i would if i again if i ate Animal protein, I would be much more, I much, I'd be much more liable to have a relationship really yeah. close with someone near me um, to make sure that I'm, I, I know what the standards that these animals were raised in, um, because it is, it's deplorable what, what you see in conventional farming, and just from, just from a compassionate standpoint, it's horrible. These animals are stressed, these animals are sick. They're some of the sickest of the sick, poorly fed uh and then that is all translating into what's on a plate and i do think i do think one of the one of the major issues with the american standard american diet is the conventional meat and that conventional meat is translating i think a lot of i think the, the major amounts of disease that are connected are really connected to a lot of the stuff that we're getting from that crap so yeah of course i do recommend having a relationship so that kind of
1: answers my that was my Last question I put, but I guess we can talk about it now. So the environment and the food and the diet that we're eating on an everyday basis, you're contributing that to these diseases versus maybe them being genetically based. Like I've always been in the, I've always thought, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that like, I feel like our DNA and our genetics kind of load the gun, right? And our diet kind of pulls the trigger on it. Like, do you want, does that make sense? Like, are we hurting ourselves by... Just how we're eating and and what like people are have available to that's just not good stuff, or would you say it's really genetic based
0: yeah, that's a great question, and here's why because you're alluding to epigenetics right Epigenetics meaning that what is our genetic predisposition right okay well my my let's say uh, I'm a twenty three year old girl my mom had breast cancer, her mom had breast cancer, and her sister had breast cancer. Does it mean that I'm I I am in the books going to get breast cancer in my life? Absolutely not. But as you said, is the the gun is loaded, but it's your epigenetic decisions. Now, epigenetics is basically outside of us. What are the influences both both internal, which is like mindset and stress? Cause that it's not just diet, it's mindset and stress. Right.
1: Absolutely. But
0: it's also Outside of us, right? So it's like, what are we putting in our mouth? What are we exposed to? We don't think about exposures at home, exposures at work, right? Chemical exposures. Those are all, they play into like the the analogy I give is a cup, right? And let's say both of you are given a cup when you're when you're born, right? Based on your genetics. And that cup can be a different size. Let's say, let's say you have one cup that is like eight ounces, but you have one that's 16 ounces, right? And that's that can hold a lot of water. And that water is symbolic of stresses, right? Poor diet throughout your life, environmental toxins, constant stress, right? The the, the size of that cup is based on genetics. When that cup overflows, we see the manifestation of disease, right? So, so all of a sudden, you're more resilient towards the same environmental stressors, towards the same diet that you guys eat for 20 years, but but disease manifests for one of you rather than the other. So the most important thing is how do we optimize our health? So this is why interventions in our 20s and 30s are so important when we get older because we're filling the cup from when we're born. You get what I mean? Guess guess one major factor that even makes the cup smaller, besides genetics, is stress. So stress, constant, constant stress is going to make that cup smaller, period. It doesn't matter your genetics. So I think, I think thinking in that analogy is like, all right, We have we're resilient. We're we're given this opportunity to fill up a cup really nicely, uh, or fill up a cup and make sure it doesn't overflow. And the way we keep it from overflowing is that healthy lifestyle, nutrition, right? Making sure abundance of plants, as I mentioned, exercise, stress, breathing, meditation, whatever it is that you're moving. uh, That I mean, that that is like the formula to make sure that cup is never overflowing.
1: Do you know? the importance of uh, could you just touch on sleep like I know it's very important Um, I believe that's probably one of the pillars right to having a healthy lifestyle I can you know nutrition sleep stress like that would be a foundation piece wouldn't it would be which foundation if you believe in that do you recommend again it's probably based on the individual but do you recommend a certain amount of hours um, yeah to try to get per night
0: well I'll ask you to how 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 do you sleep both of you and how is how many hours would you say you sleep so
1: I try to get between nine and ten hours every night that's mm, me just that's good. I feel recovered just after the working out and I understand the importance of um, being able to go the next day and work out and feel recovered um, so for me it's at least nine to ten and we're pretty much on the same sleep schedule so for both of us yeah. that's kind of pretty much what oh
0: you is. too, nine and ten nine and ten oh, it's well, really good kind he's of
2: a little bit heavier sleeper so he sleeps probably i probably sleep better
1: but we certainly yeah. get in bed at a time to get between nine and ten for sure um but i'm maybe on a little bit of a better sleep schedule than her but you know um mm-hmm. it just we we give ourselves that opportunity to do so you know, we try to, best we can, like put our phones away as well, um, you know, to help fall asleep yeah. faster and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I just know from a recovery standpoint, like sleep, edges just, I can tell the difference between eight, seven or eight hours versus, you know, nine and a half, A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, so sleep is, is, is a pillar foundation to health, pillar. Uh, I am huge, huge on sleep. I've had the best sleep doctor in the world, Dr. Michael Bruce. On this show, speaking about sleep. Now, he what he stands by is genetically, we're not all made to sleep uh, the same amount of hours or at the same time. Because you ever hear you ever hear folks who wake up and they go, "Man, I'm up at 5 a.m. I feel great. I'm drinking coffee. I'm on the. I'm already have three workouts in by the time it's eight. You know. And then there's folks who are up to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. They're like drawing, painting. There's different archetypes for these things. Um, And and he talks about that in in his book, Dr. Michael Bruce. But really, the foundational stuff for sleep is this. It's, are you setting yourself up to fall asleep and stay asleep, right? There's many disruptors of both. So if you're having trouble falling asleep, you got it. You have to address that. And if you have trouble staying asleep, why? Sleep is so important when it comes to recovery. We know that. Immune system. So when we're sleeping... Those cancer cells that are growing are are breaking down and being attacked by our immune system, right? Infections, detoxing, cleaning up, um, and hormones. Both of us are so like, like we the men we want to keep our testosterone nice and high. Well, guess where we build up our most of our testosterone. If a man has low testosterone, first question I say is how are you sleeping, right? Testosterone is going to be is going to be recovered and rejuvenated when we're sleeping. But the same thing with estrogen and clearance of all of those toxins in our body. So. Hormonal imbalances are so many times rooted in just really crappy sleep. So what I say is, look, if you have trouble sleeping, you have to have a sleep hygiene routine. What are you doing two hours before bed? Are you on your phone? Because if you're on your phone, that blue light is telling your brain, reduce that melatonin which we need to sleep, melatonin is what makes us tired, and then increase that cortisol, which keeps us up. That's why this thing, the phones and the TVs and the computers are some of the biggest, um, the biggest components in the formula of keeping us awake. And we and we have to make a, we gotta make a change. So sleep hygiene, do we read, do we do yoga, do we breathe before bed? You know, just turn off all that crap. No more electronics an hour before bed and watch how much better you sleep as a whole. Absolutely, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, so we've been talking you know like about the importance of health and stress and sleep and all these like really important pillars so i'm curious like i know that nutrition has like a huge impact on your physical health um but i'm just wondering like do you personally know like a big impact it has on like mental health and like I know the impact of stress, like can overall make you healthier, but does actually eating like more nutrition foods, more nutritious foods, like have an impact on your own mental health? You know what I mean? Like kind yeah. of like a reverse oh, yeah. relationship. It's a great
0: yes, I love that question, and I'll address it from three standpoints. If you think if you're having a, a majority anti or inflammatory food diet that inflammatory food is going to, one, increase cortisol in your body. Your body's going to go, oh damn it, Like again, some more of this food. That increase in cortisol is going to increase brain inflammation. Well, the increase in brain inflammation is now going to predispose you to not only long-term diseases like cognitive issues, but also things like just mood disorders, depression, anxiety, just from eating. On top of that, these foods deplete really important vitamins and minerals that you need in your brain chemistry, right? Uh, B vitamins, so, so important for brain health, right? Magnesium, those are being depleted because your body's utilizing those to break down all that crappy food. So that's that's just from that standpoint. But then one of the my favorite standpoints is the connection between the brain and the gut, right? They, they talk. There's an access of communication. Well, what do those crappy foods do? They start stressing, in, uh, causing inflammation, causing a fire in our gut. When we feed our body, and this is why I'm such a proponent of so, eating so many plants, is because the fiber component. By utilizing that fiber component and giving it to our gut, that's so, so important because now we're giving those bugs, the, the, the bacteria in our stomach and our, and our digestive system, we're giving them food. And when they eat, they celebrate and they thank us by breaking it down, and the byproducts of breakdown are going to be nutrition, nutritious, and healthy for us, right, for our immune system. But also, it's telling the brain, "Thank you, reduce inflammation. Here's some food for the brain," and it's 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 sort of like just an access, a circle of just like benefit, 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 symbiotic organ benefit. So, oh my God, it's so so important. I'm, anyone who, who's suffering from depression, anxiety, mood disorders, the first intervention you say is like, let's just clean up your diet. Before you even pay $1,000 every other week to, to someone to talk to you about it, let's just clean up and and do an anti-inflammatory diet, right? And, and it's just, it's next level for me what it does for the mental health.
2: So it sounds like anti-inflammatory is like this very common theme, like bringing all of this together. Um, are there yeah. any like specific food? I mean, I'm sure there's like a ton, but maybe like top five that you're like definitely be eating these to reduce your inflammation.
1: Or reverse that top five that you want to completely avoid. I know I put top five on those. Those
0: are two questions. Yeah, we'll have, we'll so. we'll we'll go we'll go over both. So uh, really important anti-inflammatory foods. I already mentioned variety of colors of fruits and vegetables. So 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 important. Um, one of them being, I'll pick out two from that: leafy greens really important, nutrition dense, fiber dense, anti-inflammatory. So leafy greens need to be, I always say like one serving of each color of the rainbow, but I always say two servings of leafy greens at least, okay? That's spinach, that's kale, that's Swiss chard. Um, just incorporating that and making sure that you're not overcooking it. Some people are like, oh, well, I'm gonna eat my leafy greens and then saute them until they're brown, right? You, you, wanna, you wanna keep those water soluble vitamins in there. So, so sorry to uh, interrupt
1: you, but what is the best way to cook vegetables? That was another question I had.
0: It is a great question. Nutrients. Yeah. Uh, the best way is eating them raw, but some but folks, some folks can't really tolerate that. So you can use a steamer over the pot, you know, so the steam is really cooking it, but but just only steaming and cooking it until uh, it's it's softer, right? Not till it's wilted, but it's just softer. So keep an eye on it. It might take like five minutes only. Um when when it comes, and I always talk about this, uh, and this is this brings me to my next one is uh, cruciferous vegetables, right? Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, uh, kale, all the things that have a smell to them, right? when you store them, those are really important when it comes to uh, uh, hormone balance, right? So for us, as 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 a society, sixty to seventy percent of our hormones, estrogen, estrogen coming outside of us is coming from dairy, right? So, one of the best ways to help balance our hormones is utilizing cruciferous vegetables every single day. Broccoli sprouts being the strongest one. Now, how do you cook cruciferous vegetables? You, can, you don't really cook the broccoli sprouts, but, but like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, you want to steam them. And you steam them for about let's say five to seven minutes. But know that already fifty to sixty percent of the enzyme that is going to help detox is going to be reduced. So what you do is you add a mustard seed powder, which is another cruciferous vegetables, raw after it, or you put radishes or something. You have to combine them so you replenish it. So now you're getting a full spectrum. That's really important for us. That's a good. That's another good way to cook it. Anti-inflammatory for folks who, uh, for folks who do eat, like, I know you guys are, uh, you eat animal protein. Salmon would be one really good anti-inflammatory because you want those omega-3s really high. Unfortunately, in our standard American diet, we have about omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. Omega-6 is inflammatory. Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. We need both. The problem is we need them about maybe three to four omega-3 to omega-6, but we usually, we have it, uh, you know, one to 20, we have so much omega-6 in our diet. So then what you think about what are omega-6? Well, all of those processed foods, right? Uh, refined grains, right? Conventional animal protein, that's the stuff you want to remove. Nuts, seeds, avocados, or you're getting all of those precursors, right? Those good, those good uh, minerals for anti-inflammatory. And then spices, We forget about spices, and they're so important to incorporate, right? Turmeric is probably one of the most strongest anti-inflammatories we can put in our diet, right? Turmeric, turmeric, you can put cayenne, rosemary, basil. All of these spices are so important. You wanna combine turmeric with black pepper always because it increases the absorbability.
1: So how do you recommend taking turmeric? Because I've tried a bunch of different ways, and it's, I mean, it can be tough, I guess, if you don't, (laughs) If you don't make it right, you know, it could be pretty brutal. Yeah. Right
0: <laughs> so. well, well, for you too, you too in the mornings, you can ju- uh, make a shot. Like juice juice a ginger, which is another really nice anti-inflammatory. Juice a turmeric shot and put some cayenne pepper on it and just take it quick. A one-ounce shot. Now for you, Mike. Okay. Uh, just get it done. Yeah. So, so for you, Mike, uh, I would actually take it in a, a capsule form too because you are, you know, ex- exposing yourself to inflammatory processes every single day playing football. I think, I think taking it when you're recovering is going to be really important, a really high quality one. You don't want to go to get a brand that just says turmeric. Like it just has literally just powdered turmeric because uh, it's, it's great in, 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 as a spice. But what you want is um, yeah, a more absorbable form. And there's two different forms. But the, My favorite one is called Meriva, M-E-R-I-V-A. Meriva is the patented formula that helps really bring the turmeric into your tissue. So, so, so important.
1: Merivian. right so and that's a that. brand uh turmeric brand well
0: I... yeah yeah the the one that the one that i um recommend is by thorn thorn is uh
1: yeah marivian do you know thorn yeah i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. that thorn
0: that, is, that is the that's a really good thorn's supplement. a top yeah yeah they work with a lot of athletes olympic athletes so thorn is is really in in the athletics but um you know they started off just being a doctor formulated brand so it's it's something that i recommend really important for all the folks who are listening who are just like you know working out uh, or constantly exposed to inflammation. This is gonna help especially, but start with the food. You gotta start with the food. Um, I know you touched
1: on uh, dairy before and I had this down. If someone who doesn't have like a, a medical issue with dairy or gluten, do you, do you recommend completely taking those out of your diet or just avoiding them?
0: Well, that's a good question. So so we have a mutual friend, Kevin Malice. Was he your teammate at, at Rutgers? No, he, he wasn't
1: my teammate. He's one of my really good friends um we didn't play with each other unfortunately but um he's he's one of my really close friends great guy
0: so we always we always butt head because he attributes his like growth and like strong bones to milk when he was growing up but the the thing the thing the thing that he's missing is that one he had good genetics two he worked out when he was a kid already and three like three there's there's the almost non-existent is the data that milk helps bones. It's a fallacy. It's a complete industry-created fallacy. And, I, and it hurts me to see that pediatricians are still falling for it. It drives me nuts. Because the, the fact of the matter is this, is when you look at uh, what milk does to the bones, it's not helping strengthen the bones. What is helping strengthen the bones is two things, vitamin D and movement Exercise, weight-bearing exercise. Those those stresses on the bones are telling the bones, okay, start start reformatting and building up again. Unfortunately, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be coming majority from milk. The thing about milk is it has protein, uh, lactose. Uh, it's got it's got some fats in it that can help development also has inflammatory proteins. It also has environmental toxins. It has antibiotics. It has exogenous hormones outside of us. Remember I said 60 to 70% of estrogen is coming from cheese and milk, right? So for us, it's like, do we want to have our kids' uh, hormones being imbalanced and our hormones? So for folks who don't have issues with milk, I would actually say stop doing it for two, three weeks and see if see if you truly don't feel that you have any issues. Cause what happens you got you might go, you know what? I didn't think I had issues with my stomach, but I, I kind of feel better getting off of the milk and the cheese. Right. Nowadays there are plant-based milks out there that are, I mean, like let's say organic soy milk, which doesn't disrupt your estrogen. I did a whole thing on that. It's, it's not going to affect your hormones has a profile very similar and protein profile very similar.
1: And I saw that the, I believe used the milk organic malk milk that you said swap yeah. out for the oat milk. Yeah, your last post, I saw mm-hmm. that too. Um, yeah, it's a good oat milk. I, I, you asked about yeah, gluten Yeah, I like though. to use that for my shake. Yeah, and I asked about gluten too, mm-hmm. by the way.
0: Yeah, okay. So uh, so uh, real quick, the oat milk, I, I went over a few. Malk is a really good one, uh, better than Oatly. So for people who are listening, they, they I think they're, they're already familiar with how I preach that. Now, gluten is interesting because about 15, maybe even 20% of us have something called non-glucose, I mean, sorry, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, meaning that you don't have to have celiac disease to be affected by gluten, right? So again, this is sort of like in line with dairy. You could say, listen, I eat wheat, I eat barley, I eat rye, I eat things with gluten in them, I'm completely fine. But just see if maybe two to three weeks off of it, you start feeling better. Maybe your skin clears up, right? Maybe your joints feel better right? Maybe your stomach feels better. So maybe you have more, less brain fog. You're more focused. It's hard. Sometimes these things are uh, like indolent that you just don't really know how they're affecting you because they're not outright blatantly affecting you. So I always say, just try it out. It's worth it because there's right now at this point where we are in the food industry, there's so many alternatives that it's not like, whoa, I'm cutting something out where I can't add something else in.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Or just reducing it, you know, reducing yeah, it and seeing yeah, how you exactly.
1: feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is your take? Like, what are your daily vitamins that you are like, these are your musts? I know you just mentioned vitamin D, right? So do you rec- recommend a vitamin D supplement? What about like a fish oil or probiotic or like? Yeah,
0: I love that um, question. So I, I always say just as a reminder to people, like supplements are that. They're supplementing your diet. Right? So you can't eat a crappy diet and have then have the best, most expensive supplements. They're not gonna balance it out, right? It's, uh, and and the better diet you have, the better the supplements are working. So for me, um, as a vegan, I do take B12 uh, every other day or so. Uh, B vitamins are really important because we are utilizing them a lot, especially in athletic performance. So I use um, something called liposomal B vitamins right under the tongue. The one I use is by Quicksilver, really, really good one. Another thing I use by Quicksilver is, and I have no affiliation, glutathione. Glutathione is a must, especially when it comes to the state of what's going on in the world. It's one of the number one nutrients for protecting our respiratory health, but also detoxification in the liver. Glutathione is the master antioxidant. So for all of us, just by virtue of us being exposed to things in this world, glutathione is so, so important. I take it in the liposomal form under my tongue every day. Those are already like major, major ones for me. Um, sometimes I'll take a multivitamin. Like if I know if like I'm on vacation, I'm not going to be like eating the variety that I eat, you know, sometimes I'll have the multivitamin on me. Um, and then I will take sometimes an anti-inflammatory because I am pretty active. So I'll take like the Mariva, uh, the, the Mariva turmeric, uh, brand or bromelain, which is from pineapple core. That's really important. Anti-inflammatory. I try not to go crazy with the supplements. Oh, and I will mention uh, medicinal mushrooms. I take the Life Cycle brand. Uh, there's reishi, shiitake, lion's mane, cordyceps, and chaga all important when it comes to our overall health i love medicinal mushrooms uh the chaga protects us from radiation shiitake for hair skin and nails reishi is for the immunity and lion's mane which is probably my favorite one that i take before every single show is going to help with focus and brain regeneration lion's mane is on fire it's actually my favorite of any medicinal mushroom. so those are that's sort of like what my cupboard every day looks like um but it kind of switches up just just yeah right
1: i got you Cool.
0: yeah so you guys and you could you both can benefit from just like you i know you both are active uh you both can benefit from just utilizing some really good supplements in your life this is very interesting to me and <laughs> i i could keep going
1: forever um so hopefully we can get back on but i i you answered a lot of my questions um so i really appreciate it um but if anything pops up, I'll, I'll reach back out to you. We'll
0: do a part two for all the other questions for folks, and I really hope that it could help the, all our viewers too. You know, they can maybe identify with you too, and just you know, want, want to do better. I loved all the questions. Thank you both. Thank you both for joining. Okay, so today we have Sebastian and Rachel. These are two personal friends of mine. Sebastian is, as I mentioned before a Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle. So he's a big guy. So we know that we got to get him all the food, all the healthy food. So uh, we're starting off early. Him and I have talked about stuff at nauseum. But um, welcome to the show, both of you. I know I love how interested in health and nutrition you both are.
3: Dr. G, thank you
0: for having us.
4: Yes, thank you for having us.
0: Can't wait to dive in it. Yeah, yeah, let's dive in. So um, I guess, you know, I know you had a lot of questions. What are some of your questions that we could start talking about that really are are, you know, on the surface for you. One of the biggest uh
3: questions I had are are why do like athletes that do decide to like turn vegan or do try not to eat meat always feel depleted and mm-hmm. and ha- and I know I don't know, that's kind of my question. I know that obviously you have to eat a lot you have to do things to to make up for the meat. Or the, for the protein that you're not having, but exactly like, how how do you do that? You know, because I feel like it's such a big mm-hmm. thing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that this question is is not only just for athletes; it's for everyone making the proper transition to uh, a more plant-based diet. Right now, in the context of athletes, the biggest issue is that they remove these nutritionally dense and calorically dense foods, and then start eating you know, more plants and vegetables, which are wonderful. They have a lot of fiber. They'll keep you full long, but they're, they have less calories. So the f- standpoint of the transition to calories is major. So you got to make up the calories. And this is for everyone, right? Um, even folks who, everyday folks, right? We, at non-athletes, we just want to transition to more plants. Well, we got to also make sure we're eating enough calories just for the energy, period. Also, a big transition is when you move to something more plant-based, let's say you remove Uh, animal protein the question is like what are we putting back in there right are you having enough plant-based protein calorically dense nutritionally dense or are you eating you know impossible burgers every single day right because those impossible burgers they tend to be very processed those processed foods when they're breaking down the body are going to require more vitamins and minerals to break it down than something that is more recognizable so it can deplete because we change it and all of a sudden we just eat more carbs right we don't balance our diet so i think we need a better transition more education on how to do it smoothly safely softly and over time it doesn't have to be one day to the other i know you tried you tried eating more plant-based or vegan for a while how did it turn out for both of you let's talk about that
4: he lasted maybe a month i (laughs) lasted like six months and i actually have a basic question for you what's the difference between being vegan and having more of a plant-based diet. I feel like I see both and I'm not really sure of what the difference is.
0: So vegan is just, vegan is uh, the omission of animal anything, right? Animal proteins um, from everything from eggs all the way to beef, right? When you talk plant-based specifically, that means that the base of your diet is plants, right? You are, uh, if you have a plate the basis of the plate is plants, right? Variety of fruits and vegetables, and then however else you choose to eat, right? Whether it's pescatarian, uh, even keto, paleo, or just whatever it is, that, that's complementary to that base, right? Um, that is that's sort of what plant-based means. So if someone says plant-based, they can be all of those diets. If someone says vegan, you know they're they're omitting animal protein.
4: Okay, that's cool. But um, our experience um he had watched what was the documentary you watched on Netflix? game changers game changers was it game
0: changers yeah okay
4: after i went to the grocery store and bought all this meat that we usually eat he was like i want to try this so we tried it and he actually had one of his best games i think that season yeah um he ate no meat at all um vegetarian not vegan we had like cheese and milk and yogurt and stuff.
3: Yeah. For
4: sure. Um, But my experience was, I just felt, I liked it. I just felt tired all the time. And I think before we had a conversation, you said that I needed more fruits. Um, I just wasn't really sure what fruits, I eat a lot of fruit, but I don't really probably eat a vast majority, probably like berries and peaches and bananas are like my Mm go-to. And then I felt like I was eating a lot more
3: carbs too.
0: Mm-hmm. And especially think about it, like when you're eating one way for years and years and years, your gut microbiome, those bacteria are used to it, right? The, the species of bacteria that helps break down that food, they're hanging out, they're thriving. All of a sudden, one day to the other, you stop giving the bacteria the food and then there's a whole new uh, spectrum of food that you're putting in there. New bacteria is growing and it, it takes time. Now, again, that's why people tend to lose the animal protein and replace it with you know, bowl of like vegan pasta, right? With some with some you know fake chicken or something like that. Um, I think I think we need to understand how to balance a diet more, and we do that again with a variety of fruits and vegetables as the base, and then we can add more quality grains like things like quinoa, right? Um, amaranth, millet, oats, buckwheat. These are more nutritionally dense ra- versus like rice or something, or like, you know, vegan pasta. And adding those in is really important. But then you have things like uh, soy tempeh, which are nutritionally dense, high in protein, right? You can add those in. Um, uh, you, you add amami, really wonderful. Beans, legumes, peas. So it's like, the question is like, when you transition, are you eating enough calories, one? And then are you transitioning and having uh, a balance of protein, carbs, uh, fats, right? And, it, and that's dependent on you, because you know you Rachel versus Sebastian could be completely different the way your bodies handle right you Sebastian you may be able i like we are you you and me uh, we have um our our genealogy coming from like the equator right so we can we tend to on paper tolerate carbs much better than rachel you you were from austria
4: uh yeah i'm austrian I'm polish
0: yeah right so 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 it, it may be that the way that you handle fat may be a little bit better than me and bastion because we're more like equatorial folks right so we got to think about that everyone's different you know so many
4: aspects go into it yeah, yeah i never thought about that but
0: then you listen to your body it's just listening to your body it's just a matter of like f- you even forget all that how do i feel when i eat okay, how about if I remove this and start adding in more of, you see what I mean? Like, we, we just got to be very in tune with our body. I know we, I know you are, Sebastian, because you work out, you're playing football all the time, you know, oh my God, you know, my leg is not feeling good today, you know? We just have to be that sensitive with our bodies too.
3: I'm curious also, so I remember uh, it's, you kind of touched on it, um, like the Impossible Burger, right? So just because you are a vegan or, or you do uh, have a plant-based diet doesn't necessarily doesn't always necessarily mean that the food is good for you, right? Because obviously mm-hmm. there could be some preservatives and stuff like that. Can you go into that a little bit?
0: Yeah. I So the rule of thumb I always use is like, what's the majority of your diet? Like what's 90% of you're eating during the week? Seven days a week, what's 90% of your meals? And is that whole food plant-based versus just, you know, vegan? Whole food plant-based to me tells me that you're eating whole foods in their whole form, right? You're eating kale cauliflower, broccoli, you're eating those grains like quinoa or some beans or something like that, tempeh. Now I know that you're eating it in the whole food forms. Impossible burgers, Beyond Burgers are not whole foods, right? They're more processed foods versus like, let's say, let's say I come over to your house and we make we make black bean burgers, right? With whole foods, that's different, right? Those are whole food black bean burgers, but impossible burgers, there's a lot of synthetic things in there. And unfortunately, our bodies aren't really made to eat like that, so some of us suffer, and some of us are really sensitive. Some of us are not. I just, I just think that it's not an excuse when you eat vegan or plant based to start eating impossible burgers every day. Start eating fake chicken, fake fish sticks. You see what I mean? Those are the people who are like, ah, oh, I feel like crap, man. I tried vegan, it didn't work. You didn't try vegan. You tried like, you know, junk food vegan versus a whole food plant based diet. No, it's interesting, though. Yeah, for sure.
4: Um, I make yeah. a great black bean burger
3: she does she does make a really good black bean burger
0: okay so we're going there for uh for fourth of july black bean burgers your house
4: (laughs) sounds good it's
0: lit it's lit
4: (laughs) what advice do you have because i'm also gluten-free so i felt like that was also really hard not at home obviously but when i went out i felt like it was super hard to find something Mm -hmm. in a restaurant that fit whether it was vegetarian or vegan and gluten-free Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if, what are your favorite places around LA area that maybe would fit both?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have the luxury of being in LA. A lot of listeners and viewers are not in LA, but over here you can find most places here, restaurants, whether or not it's, it's it's vegan restaurant will accommodate gluten-free because people with celiac disease should be able to go out to eat. And most places accommodate for that. Um, I know Sage out here is a really good one. Uh, Butcher's Daughter, uh, Cafe Gratitude there's a, a pura vida which is an Italian food that is strictly all gluten-free, all vegan. That's where we have to go. It is just like if and and, and yeah, the viewers and listeners, if you are out here in LA and you like Italian food, uh, pura vida. P U R A V I D A. pure life. That's that's the, that's a spot. And I think you both should go on a date night there. You you would both enjoy it a lot. definitely definitely. yeah it can be hard i understand because i don't i don't necessarily eat gluten at all if it's there you know i'll eat it but i i have my my effects is that it peels my hands i get i get a rash on my hands and it peels the next day and my stomach hurts i'm very sensitive to it yeah i don't have celiac disease but i'm super sensitive to gluten
4: what are your favorite things to make at home like gluten-free
0: yeah so i use all of those um like all of those foods that i had mentioned like for example like for breakfast right i have quinoa and I can make like a quinoa porridge, right, with berries, nuts, seeds, right, like some pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, uh, coconut milk or almond milk. You know what I mean? And 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 it'll be like an oatmeal for me. That's that's that like gets my day going, right? Because it'll keep you full for a while. You're getting enough fiber. You're getting enough protein. Right? And you're getting minerals in in the pumpkin seeds and the hemp seeds. So I, that's one of my favorite dishes. I mean, look, you know I'm not a big cook, so that's like the extent of what I'm gonna be cooking. Um, not, no gourmet food when you hang out with me, but yeah, really good stuff. but I, I know I know Rachel, you do a lot of cooking, so um, just there, there's some really good books out there too. There's a how not to die recipe, book cookbook. Michael Greger's book, there's a lot of vegan cook uh, meals in there. And even I heard the medical mediums recipe book has, it's all vegan too. Really good, delicious meals too. So two good resources for anyone looking to um, incorporate more vegan recipes.
3: What are the core values or not core values or like, actually, let me rephrase this question as a whole. Who who found veganism, right? And, or if that's even a word, who found the vegan Mm -hmm. diet, right? Who founded it? And then the second question with that is what are like I guess the obviously the building blocks are not eating any meat meat poultry or dairy. dairy right
0: fish eggs any animal anything that's coming from animal anything that's coming from an animal okay yeah so the basic tenets of like is just health, compassion longevity right like I think I think a lot of uh, what what comes skewed in this vegan m- movement is, how, how fired up and aggressive and, you know, impassioned a lot of vegans can get because of the, the atrocities that happen to animals, which is rightfully so, right? It will strike a nerve if you watch videos of what happens. And I don't care who you are, we're all human beings, right? So it'll strike a nerve. Yeah. So I think it's based on the compassion part. I think that we can do better for educating people in a more holding a better space with empathy and being like, look, here, like, here's important things that maybe you may want to know, right? But I think forceful veganism is not going to work. Now, I don't know where it's rooted. I know it, it, it. maybe I think in the 50s or 40s, it was a branch from the vegetarian movement, but I don't, I didn't look into the history of it. But the basic tenets are like longevity, health, and compassion, right? Because all of those can be achieved through just incorporating more plants in your diet, right? And that's, and that's how I always talk. Like, I'm not I'm not a righteous vegan by any means, but I'm just certainly about helping people who want to try it out and maybe even stick with it. Because I know a lot of people who've reversed really, really bad diseases, right? Like diabetes, heart disease, just with adding in vegan diet. So it's pretty incredible what you see
4: yeah, I remember you telling me about the reversing um the diabetes and eating yeah. a lot of
0: fruit i remember right? we I remember we met we met uh,
3: those guys that wrote that book. I remember that that day when we came to the studio. yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome, yeah.
0: yeah, you, so you're talking about Cyrus and Robbie mastering diabetes who have been reversing diabetes and and with two hundred two hundred fifty grams of carbs a day, which is completely uh, that that is the opposite of what we learn in school, right? You just gotta stay away from cars with diabetes. So it's it's possible. Look, nature knows better than any doctor. So we just gotta hone in the power of nature, you know? It's amazing, mm-hmm. no, it's
3: amazing, yeah. Um so my last question is what are some like super fruits or super foods, right? That that could ob- that people don't know about. Um I know pomegranate is like one of them. Acai. acai is one of them. So, what can you educate us more about, like super fruits or just superfoods in general? That, especially for me as an athlete, you know, professional athlete, I could use to even help me with my health.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and, and guess what? It's not only going to be for you; it's going to be for everyone, right? So, the, one of the first one of the first ones, man, matcha. It all of us should be taking. If we can handle in matcha, we should be taking matcha because. It's potent in antioxidants, but it's potent in one called EGCG. EG, EGCG is super therapeutic antioxidant. Protects uh, antioxidants are basically they're they're stopping those oxidants in our body from really poor food, from the sun, from stress to, from damaging our DNA, right? So, and damaging DNA affects us in many different ways, not only cancer, but also, you know, it ages us. The reason we age is because of oxidation in our skin. And the matcha is is protecting against multiple different types of cancers, especially breast cancer. So it's something that I recommend for women across the board. Also important for liver health, like matcha is a super, super, super drink, okay? So everyone start putting it in there. I talk about two brands that I like, Peak and Encha. Those are really the two of my favorite brands right now that are, because matcha uh, can be high in heavy metals. Maca, be, matcha can be high in pesticides. So we want to get a really good quality one because if you're doing good for yourself, you got you might as well do it all the way, right? So really important. Um, I do like... like Pick, uh, pickled foods like in jars, like um, pick, like pickled carrots, pickled um, jicama. So you have a dose of prebiotic and probiotic food. So you can buy them at Whole Foods in the refrigerator section. You have the glass jars and you keep in your refrigerator. And you take a tablespoon with the liquid and let's say the carrot or, or whatever else is in there, like pickled broccoli, pickles. And that's going to be really a superfood for your gut. Right, Super food for your gut, and you'll smell it too. You open it up, you'll smell it. It's strong, but that's that means it's it's food for the digestive system. You're only getting you're not only getting prebiotics but probiotics too. Love them. That's what that's two things already. We got to start taking turmeric, turmeric and ginger. That combination, especially for you as an athlete, dude, you got to be juicing this. Is what I was telling Mike. You got to juice it into a one ounce shot, two ounce shot every day. Take the shot, put some cayenne pepper. Pepper. Take the shot. And then do that before and after workouts, right? Actually do it, do it around after workouts so then you can recover. You know, about two hours after workout, reco- so you can recover. You want that inflammation after for all the athletes out there, you want inflammation after workout, right? You want to be, you want your body to have that low level, low-grade inflammation. But then wait two hours or so and then take a shot of that, so then you can help your body repair and recover too. That's gonna be really good. Or after game day. Take it the morning after game day, take a nice Really strong, a bunch of ginger, a bunch of turmeric. That's a soup. Those are two really, really nice superfoods. Um, you mentioned pomegranate, wonderful. Like anything high in vitamin C is for me a superfood because what vitamin C does protects our skin from the sun, uh, helps our liver, immunity. And I talk about the sun because the sun can really. Uh, I think there's a fallacy, and I did a whole show on the fallacy of the sun. The sun, yes, can give us skin cancer, but only when the internal environment is crap, right? So we protect ourselves from the sun by having high dose of antioxidants, right? This is why I'm telling you, vitamin C is one of the most protectant uh, nutrients that we can have to protect us from the sun. Couple that with some matcha, man, you are on fire. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> those are my, my superfoods right now. There's a lot more, you know, pumpkin seeds are amazing. Walnuts are amazing. Like put, put these into your diet every single day. I like maca, not matcha, maca, M-A-C-A. It's a Peruvian root vegetable and you can, they ground it up into a powder. Really good for hormones. That is like, yeah, for all the athletes out there, you want to have matcha the morning of a workout or ma- or maca the morning of a workout, maca the morning of a game day. That is like that is like nature's not only aphrodisiac but nature's like energizer right there. Okay.
4: So do you do you right? like a cup of tea or how do you or you just eat it?
0: You can I put it in the smoothie. So actually, what I do, I do a little secret recipe. I haven't told anyone. I put a little bit of the matcha. Uh, I put um, like uh, almond milk. And then I'll put like a tablespoon, sometimes when I'm getting crazy, two tablespoons of maca. Then I'll put it in the, I'll put in the Vitamix and then I'll drink it or, or whatever blender and I'll drink it and then I'm set. That That is my morning like drink before I even like eat breakfast. I'm not a coffee guy because the thing is, it's like matcha has a lot of caffeine, but, but it's coupled with L-theanine. That L-theanine will keep it more calming and you'll have less of the jitter and less of the buzz. So really important.
4: Matcha is a form of green tea, right?
0: Yeah, matcha's yeah, it's green tea, but, it, but it's it's more potent. You have to you can think about it that way, right? So, what like four or five cups of green tea is that's the amount of antioxidants you're getting in um ma- matcha. I will
4: have to try that.
0: Oh yeah, you got you got to you got to start it up. And medicinal mushrooms, right? Like reishi, shiitake, Lion's mane, cordyceps, those are all really, really important for just overall health, breast health, and immunity. Those are these are super foods. There's so many super foods. Dope, dope. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I love a question, and 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 we didn't even go over that. You you asked what what are certain foods that we must stay away from that we think are good for us. Oh
3: yeah yeah yeah. That, another, yes, another question. Yeah. So yeah, what are what are the certain foods that we should that we think that. Humans think are good that actually aren't, that they like has a false fall- a fallacy on it. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was talking to um uh Mike about dairy, uh, and how we believe that this is the best for our bones from our as soon as we have kids all the way to our teenagers. Uh, and you know, and Kevin, our, our mutual friend too, he he's like, we argue all the time because he said he's so strong because he drank milk. I said, Man, you're so strong because your dad was a beast and cause you work out since you were seven years old, right? So um, but, but but i think dairy would be one of the first ones that it's like sure you can get nutrition from it you're going to get fat soluble vitamins it's amazing but you're also getting antibiotics right you're also getting inflammatory proteins in there right you're also getting 60 to 70 percent of the estrogen that we intake as men and women in the in the milk right so it's like why would you want to especially as an athlete mess up with your testosterone too so um yogurts like those those yo like in the early nineties, we wanted fat-free and it was huge. Like, so we, everybody was reaching for those yogurts, right? But those yogurts tend to have, well, they're, they're conventional dairy and then they have sugar in it, right? They're high in sugar. That's, you know, which ones I'm talking about, like Dannon, like all of the yogurts that we can get. Protein bars, protein powders, they're not all created equal. A lot of these protein bars have a lot of fillers, a lot of really poor ingredients, right? The ones in GNC, I promise you across the board are going to be crap, right? So, Rather like the ones in Whole Foods, then you're going to start getting better quality ones. Um, I put some more stuff like the fat-free movement, like fat-free cheese, fat-free butter, fat-free ice cream. What they do is, yeah, they reduce the fat, but they increase the sugar, right? So they make it palatable. So that's a little... That's a little industry move that not a lot of people talk about. Fake meats I spoke about. Actually, some people, um, I want to talk about acai bowls because you mentioned acai. Really good, but the problem is you go to a spot, they'll give you an acai bowl. What's in there, right? They have the acai, they have bananas, they put a bunch of peanut butter in it, they put um, blueberries, strawberries. You're getting like 80, 90 grams of sugar, right? Not that much fiber, In a bowl right and it's great it tastes great but for me when i get an acai bowl i'll ask make the base spinach and kale right so then you're getting the vegetables in there you're getting the fiber in there so your blood sugar is not spiking up pay attention after you eat an acai bowl that doesn't have any vegetables or fiber in it how you feel about an hour later you're going to crash and that's because you had a blood sugar spike from the acai bowl okay that is like it's it's sort of like in the movement of health but it's not super healthy um, some more like I told uh, granola bars, trail, uh, granola and trail mix, you know, obviously, you know, trail mix, they got M&Ms in there and you don't want that anyway, but still like the granola, uh, even granola, a lot of them are really high in sugar. Um, they put different inflammatory oils. So go to whole foods, get some better quality ones. And yeah. And then like the gluten-free vegan snacks, we know that like a lot of these gluten-free vegan snacks, they're just high in carbs. They're not processed, but they're just high in carbs and high in sugar. So these are some of the things that we may think. You know, or even like the juices, when you go get a juice at a, at a supermarket, pre-made juices, you know, that's super high in sugar, you know, and they're, they're not even using organic vegetables or organic fruits. So those are some of the ones that I wanted to mention. I love that question that you wanted to know. I'm also curious, do, are you not a fan of coffee? No, no, no. So I am personally uh, sensitive to coffee. So I I don't have it, but I'm actually, I am a fan of coffee. I did a whole show on the benefits of coffee. It's been shown to help heart health, um, prevent it against different cancers. The thing is, it's gotta be pure. It's gotta be clean coffee. So I always tell people, go back to the episode, listen to the ones that are the best. I think purity coffee was the best one that I found. Um, But at this point, maybe since the show, there's been better ones out there. But um, yeah, I I, I just say, don't get it. Coffee shouldn't be drank that like because you need to get your day started coffee should be drank as a ritual like you're calm you're good you're you're, you have energy already the body reacts differently to coffee when you're in that state versus like i'm exhausted i need my coffee which is how a lot of people drink it, right? I'm
3: not a coffee. A I'm, yeah, coffee I'm not a coffee drinker. Drink and so, he's
4: not a fan of it. He I'm not a fan of it. Want me to I think, drink it.
3: think it's just yeah. weird that like I, I'm the type of person that like I don't want to rely on something, you know what I mean? Or like exactly. So that's just kind of the way I am. But obviously, like you know, she's a fan of it. She loves it. But I He mean, always questions Well We'll try the matcha. The matcha and the and the maca and maca. You like that mix, and when the success yeah. happens
0: this season, I know who to thank. You know what I mean? You, you just remember who you fly out to the Super Bowl first class. That's gonna be me. <laughs> first class,
4: first I got bro. you.
3: For when I go to the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, I got you, boss. I got you.
0: Uh, I, all right. I'm gonna hold you to that. Thank you, guys, for so much for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate you both. Um, awesome talking to you. Awesome, your interest in nutrition is so encouraging, and the enthusiasm behind it is beautiful. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank Dr. you for G. having
4: mm-hmm. us. We learned a lot, and I'm definitely going to try the matcha.
0: Yes, thank you, my man. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure.
3: It's always a good time every time we link, and thank you for schooling us and le- and teaching us some uh, great teaching us some great things about our health today.
0: It's an honor. Much love to you both. Thank you. All right. So what a unique show. I hope you both loved me being interviewed about nutrition and lifestyle. And I hope you took a lot out of it. Uh, Some really good tips that I really wanted to share with you all. And if they came through, so thanks for supporting the show, viewing, listening, subscribing, sharing as always, and have a beautiful, beautiful high vibration, love everyone type of week.